One, two, three, four. Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! It's my screen time too! Hello, and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms spend awards season binging feature-length nominated dramas and documentaries. Just kidding. <laughs> we stayed up late to review a childhood favorite. You should have seen my face. It was like such jealousy. Is that what you're doing with your time? <laughs> I'm Deborah, and by the time you listen to this, I'll have an eight year old and two five year olds. Ah, so exciting. <laughs> and I'm Katie, and I have one two year old, two year old boy. So, did he do anything cute this week? Uh, it's finally gotten a bit colder here. We had to go out with a like a winter hat on. And the one winter hat that he has is like a dragon hat. It has like spikes on it that makes him look like a dragon mm-hmm. when he wears it. So I put him in the car and I said, Jay, are you a dragon? And he looks at me and goes, no, usually I'm a train. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He just, I don't know. It, they just say the cutest things. <laughs> they do. How about you? We do. We, well, it's winter here in Minneapolis and we've gotten some snow. So we've been sledding a few times and my daughter Libby, she can't, this year she can do it all herself. She can go down by herself, climb back up the hill herself, pulling the sled. But she does this thing where she zips down the hill and then when the sled stops, she gives like a delayed scream. (laughs) I'm not going to scream. But you can imagine it. It's so funny because it's like it was too scary on the way down. So she does the scream after. It's so funny. Oh, that's adorable. Any changes to your screen time policy at all? Um, no, other than the fact that, as I was just telling you, I have bronchitis. So I feel like whenever you're sick, things just get a little laxer. Yeah. So how about you? Um, no no changes really we're still just having screen time on like Fridays after school and the weekends nothing during the week and it's going fine nothing to report I still just don't know how you do it so this week we are discussing <laughs> DuckTales <Woo! laughs> the reboot <laughs> I sometimes like to exaggerate and say that I did something like twice as long of a time ago as I really did it mm-hmm. like Jeremy and I went to this restaurant and I'll say like yeah the last time we were there it was like 25 years ago when <laughs> really it was like five years ago uh-huh. maybe eight but I looked at the year and this was out 30 years ago wow. so if I were to exaggerate in a way that is really only funny to myself, it would be like 60 years ago <laughs> I was a child watching the original DuckTales. Wow, it that was, was a long time long ago. ago. I feel like a lot of people like in our age ranges were like Generation X, Millennial, on the cusp of those watched this show. So you and I were both excited to see that it was being rebooted by Disney XD. And the first season aired in late 2017, and it's already been renewed. It has a great voice cast. David Tennant is playing is plays Scrooge McDuck, and Danny Putty. 
I always thought Pootie, but I'm not really sure. Okay. I am not familiar with that actor um, from Community, though. Um, Ben Schwartz and Bobby Moynihan. Um, Does he play all three Huey, Dewey, and Louie? Oh, no. It's in that order. So Danny Pootie is Huey, Ben Schwartz is Dewey, and Bobby Moynihan is Louie. Got it. And of course, everyone's favorite, Lin-Manuel Miranda, is involved too. He plays Gizmoduck. So you know it's something you have to watch. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So why did we pick it? The original is near and dear to my heart, although... After watching the three episodes of the new one that we did, I realized I only remember the theme song and the diving into the pile of money. That's it. I, like you, was really excited to see this rebooted. I am very enthusiastic about the cast. I am an unabashed David Tennant fan because I will always think that he was the best Doctor Who of the new Doctor Who's because I'm a super nerd like that. (laughs) Um, and just I feel like the theme song has never gone away no in fact I heard it on Chris Thiele's public radio show that is no longer called Prairie Home Companion (laughs) he just did a riff on it because he does a little bit where he like takes suggestions from the audience and somebody called out DuckTales and he played it It was good. That's fun. See? It's just a gift <laughs> that keeps on giving. Yeah. So I was really excited for this. I'm excited to talk about it, too. So we watched the first episode. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Nicely done. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. <laughs> um, we also watched uh, Terror of the Terraformians and the Living Mummies of Tothra. All right, so I guess I'll go ahead and summarize the pilot, which was, I guess when it aired, it was an hour long. So watching it without commercials, it was, you know, like your standard 42 minutes or whatever. Please forgive me. I have not typed up my notes, Uh, so I will do my best. I will say that it opens with uh, quite a sad tone, actually. Donald is unemployed and living on a houseboat with his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And Scrooge is depressed living in his mansion. But Donald has a job interview and his babysitter falls through. So he has to ask Scrooge to watch the kids. The kids up to this point didn't even realize they were related to Scrooge McDuck, who is like a storied bajillionaire or whatever. Um, so Donald brings them to the mansion and Scrooge tries to like, quarantine them in like one tiny room so they can't get into any mischief but they meet Webby Vanderquack who is the housekeeper Mrs. Beakley's granddaughter and she helps them escape the little room where they are and uh, and they get into a lot of trouble they find the ghost of Captain Peghook and this thing called the headless man horse And at some point, they accidentally release a gold hunting dragon. Whatever. They cause mayhem. Uh, Scrooge finds them. And Scrooge realizes that he missed his old life of adventure. So he decides to take the kids on an adventure to find the lost city of Atlantis. 
so that was kind of like the prequel to the series. And then they show us the opening credits. And we get the rest of the episode, which is about their adventure to Atlantis. Donald is hired by the company that he was interviewing at, which is Glom Gold, who is also a Scottish billionaire, but not quite as rich or famous as Scrooge. And it turns out that they are going to find Atlantis, too. So Scrooge is taking this the boys on the, the secret trip to Atlantis, trying to keep it from Donald so Donald thinks they're safe. But Donald is also going to Atlantis for his job. I wonder if they'll run into one another. So they're, they're trying to find the lost jewel of Atlantis. And they have a submarine. But at one point, one of the nephews has to pee. So they stop. They make like a pit stop in the middle of the ocean at the only ship that's around them, which happens to be Glomgold's ship, <laughs> to use the toilet. <laughs> so then they leave, and Glomgold takes that opportunity to follow them to Atlantis. Um, and it turns out that Glomgold only hired Donald to get Scrooge to lead him to Atlantis in a really convoluted way. So Glomgold beats them to what he thinks is the lost jewel of Atlantis, takes it, and then they later discover that he left the real jewel behind, so they get the real jewel. And everyone is happy with their adventure. They all decide that they're going to move into the mansion with Scrooge. Uh, and it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger when the nephews find a painting of their mom going on an adventure with Scrooge and Donald. That was really long and a bit meandering. I apologize. Did I hit all the high points? I think you definitely did. It was long. It was an involved plot. I feel like it's definitely for us, like a bit of an older kid. It's not a preschool show. And it had to introduce all the characters to mm -hmm. people who hadn't seen it before. I had a question. Like, my first question was, was Scrooge McDuck always Scottish? Yes. Did he have a Scottish accent in the old one? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And were Huey, Dewey, and Louie, like always troublemakers i think so yeah yeah because they were kind of naughty like they were like jump-starting donald's houseboat and planning to like take it while he was they were gonna take it on a little jaunt while he was somewhere else oh yeah they are not <laughs> well-behaved kids at all <laughs> they are making what i think is an admirable effort to distinguish between the three nephews because I don't know about you but I never gave any hoots about the difference between Huey, Dewey, and Louie but they are doing some legwork to right. give them somewhat distinct personality traits I still get their names confused mm -hmm. but if I just think of them as red shirt, blue shirt, and green shirt I know which one is like the smarty pants and which one is the troublemaker and which one is the adventurous one mm -hmm. what did you think about this for a pilot? I thought it was good. Like, I always liked the character of Scrooge McDuck. I always liked the character of Scrooge, like Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. Um, and I liked some of, the, some of the details. Like, when they first arrive at his mansion, there's, like, diamonds in the apple bowl. Like, when he puts, a, puts on the diamond suit, there's, like, a big money symbol on the helmet of it. So I think those details are kind of funny. I love um, that gag with the diving suit. I did. He's like struggling to get into this 
old tiny scuba suit and insisting <laughs> that he doesn't need any help from anyone. He's just slowly listing to one side. <laughs> that was good. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. Um, I did ha- wonder about Donald's voice. I mean, the Donald Duck character speaks like Donald Duck in that really hard to understand way, which I feel like doesn't hold up anymore because it's like does he have a speech impediment is he differently abled like these are questions that we have in 2017 that like people maybe have had questions in 1987 but things weren't so progressive i did think that it was awfully hard to empathize with the darker elements of this plot having to do with donald because i couldn't understand him half the time Maybe I'm just getting old, but he was like right. more incomprehensible than usual. I thought his voice could have been updated. He could still have like a different sounding voice, but maybe not the old Donald Duck, the intelligible Donald Duck. I don't know if they could get away with it, though. That would be messing with like some sacred Disney IP. Probably, yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was good to see these characters again. They were definitely updated for the new millennium. Are kids nowadays just like... I'm trying to put my finger on the adjective that I want to use here. Like, It just feels like they're not cracking jokes. They're being snidely funny. And I think that's definitely a distinction from the older version. Does that make any sense? Essentially, I wonder if they're playing to us as an adult or as adults, or if they're playing to a generation of kids with a more sophisticated sense of humor. I'm not sure. I, at the time I was watching it, I thought some of that humor was for the adults, but that's kind of a thing now. Like the Lego characters are very self-aware. Mm-hmm in a funny sarcastic way so I'm not sure if that's what kids can appreciate now or can understand now essentially I was skeptical because it seemed too good to me as an adult and I was like hmm maybe they are making this for me (laughs) (laughs) they very well could be do we have any specific any other specific thoughts to this episode or do we want to move on to the next one I think I'm ready to move on to Terror of the Terrafermians. So in, so in this episode, the duck children, um, they all debate the existence of Terrafermians. And so they decide to go on a search for them to see if they're real. And the Terrafermians are this collection of creatures uh, divided into the Terries and the Fermies who've been at war with each other or have a disagreement I think I don't know um and granny catches them and after after she finds out what they're doing and kind of admonishes them then a giant boulder smashes their subway car but then the boulder disappears and the kids are trying to everybody's trying to figure out they're trying to get the subway car to work they're trying to see what happened the kids see something creepy like these shadow creatures turns out they're inhabiting the big boulders they get the train going again the train crashes and 
granny who had um, been very suspicious of a new character, Lena, who's sort of like a tween or adolescent girl. Um, she kind of redeems herself. She saves granny by using these secret special powers. She levitates the train, reveals herself to be either a Terry or a Fermi because she is communicating with a shadow creature who's telling her not to save the granny. Then the older creatures, they smash an opening so that all the ducks can get out of the subway tunnel and escape. So they save the ducks, but then there's this cliffhanger ending and you're left to guess if D- Lena is going to align herself with the ducks or if she's kind of working with the, either the Terries or the Fermies, whichever one she secretly is. So we should say, obviously, that we did not watch these episodes in order. So we <laughs> never have any plot resolution. There's definitely an element of serialization here that was not present in the version we watched as children. <laughs> right. I liked this episode except for one big giant missing piece, and that was there was no Scrooge. Right. Right. If I'm going to be watching DuckTales, I want some Scrooge, and not just because it's David Tennant and I think he's attractive. Because let's be yeah, honest, he wasn't in it. I don't translate that to his cartoon duck figure. <laughs> <laughs> He wasn't in it at all. Launchpad did have a bigger role. Um, I don't remember him from the original if he was so dim. I think so. Okay. Well, that was really played for laughs because he convinces himself that whichever triplet he's with, Huey, I think, is like a monster mole or something. So that's kind of a comedic side story. I wanted to know more about Lena because mm-hmm. we didn't watch the other episodes. We don't know where she came from, but she was really a thorn in granny's side, but I did like the dialogue. It was like very snappy, mm-hmm. a lot of back and forth. She was very sassy. It felt in a lot of ways, like a classic horror movie setup, right? Like, they're trapped in this subway car. There's this sort of invisible threat that's freaking everybody out. Mm-hmm. And you get, essentially, you separate the characters into three discrete groups so you can have character interaction between them in smaller ways. It was a really nice setup from a story perspective. Um, I wondered if you noticed something. It made me think of our uh, Magic School Bus episode. Did you notice that they mentioned schist? What? Do you remember? Wasn't that the word you use? You you learned during our Magic School Bus episode. It was the rock episode, and oh yeah, was yeah, like a yeah. Type of rock. You're like, I learned a new word, and so yeah. when I heard it, when I heard it on this episode, I was like, oh, I hope Jeffrey caught that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I did like the period details um, because they're all using like a mobile phone flashlight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that which too. Which was good. Yeah. I don't know. If I were making the cartoon, I probably would have had old-fashioned flashlights, but that's not how kids these days live their lives. It's true. Yeah, I liked this episode. It was, it was scary. It was the scariest of the ones we watched. 
It was scary. The music was very good, adding that element of spookiness. And I actually wanted to watch the next one. I wanted to find out more about Lena. I wanted to figure out her deal. I wanted to watch the one before. I wanted to know where she came from. And then I wanted to know if she was going to turn on the docks or not. Yeah. They were definitely good at hooking you in with a little bit of that serialization. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we move on to the Living Mummies of Tothra? Yes. Tothra. Let's just go with Tothra. I'm going to put the emphasis on the Ra. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode was kind of a return to the more familiar structure of just the one adventure, and they kind of left out any serialization aspects. And it was just our core crew of Launchpad, Scrooge, the three nephews, and Webby. They're on a plane, the plane crashes in the desert, and they find the lost tomb of Pharaoh Tothra. So they're exploring, and while they're exploring the tomb, they meet the descendants of the servants of Tothra, who are living people that dress as mummies and somehow manage to like subsistence farm inside this pyramid. And if they do well enough, the pharaoh gives them sunlight for a small portion of the day. And that is what they live for. Um, I should have said that initially when they got there, they got split into two groups. And Louis and Webby got separated from everyone else. And they went down the chute to the pharaoh's forbidden chamber, which is his treasure room. Uh so Scrooge wants to obviously find Louis and Webby, but the descendants of the servants of Tothra say that they can't go into the temple to get them. So S- Scrooge tries to convince them to revolt against Tothra because obviously their existence is miserable. Uh, and the, <laughs> the only thing that convinces them to revolt is Launchpad is randomly eating a burrito and they are so excited about the prospect of burritos that they decide to rise up against their oppressive life. (laughs) So meanwhile, Webby and Louie are trying to escape. Uh, They are caught by a guard and then they escape again via a secret chamber, which leads them back to the treasure room where they discover the Pharaoh Tothra. But the Pharaoh is just a puppet being operated by the guard. So they think they've, you know, discovered the whole ruse behind this thing. But then the pharaoh comes to life, or the, yeah, the mummy pharaoh comes to life. And they're all trying to fight it. I don't don't know. Eventually, they fold the pharaoh into a giant burrito and everyone escapes outside the tomb. (laughs) So he gets to stay in his tomb all wrapped up in his burrito blanket. And everyone else gets to live in the sun. It was a goofy, goofy episode. Yeah, it pretty much reinforced like every stereotype that I have of a cartoon writer's room. (laughs) How so? I mean, that's the best idea that got pitched for this episode. (laughs) Burritos. (laughs) I, I liked it. It was enjoyable. It wasn't my favorite episode of the three that we watched, but it was like a wacky, wacky premise. Mm hmm. And so creepy to think about servants of this ancient pharaoh. Descendants of the servants of the ancient pharaoh. Like, that is some 
dark material. Yeah, they really needed the burritos to lighten the mood. Yeah. <laughs> there was a scene um, where I think Webby was trying to read the hieroglyphics, and she was like, this one's the wrong way. And then when she touched it, it revealed a secret, the secret passage. So I thought some of those details were cute. That was cool. Should we talk about the addition of Webby? Because obviously she's put into the show in an effort to have a female lead in the cast because there was no Webby in the original version. I'm happy Mm -hmm. to see her. I very much like the actress that does her voice work. And I like that she's usually smarter than everyone else. Yeah. I feel like when doing a reboot, sometimes, and maybe this is out of necessity, but sometimes I don't think that things need to stick as closely to the source material as need be. I mean, I feel like there's a ton of room for creativity. Like it could Huey, Dewey and Louie could be triplet girls or they don't have to be like boy, boy, boy triplets. There could be like two girls and a boy, or I just feel like there's were more opportunities for it to spice it up. I think, again, though, that because this is a Disney property and they just have a bit more of a proprietary feeling, especially towards these classic characters, I don't think that we would have gotten anything quite that audacious. Okay, then I'm fine with Webby. So I guess we've kind of segued into our overall thoughts. So something that I just read in passing while doing a little bit of research on this show was that uh, stylistically, they had chosen to base it much more off of the Scrooge comics, which I didn't even realize that was a thing because I'm not a comics reader. So my only experience with Uncle Scrooge was through the original DuckTales. How about you? I never read the comics. Yeah. So, But I do like the style of the drawings like I like their comic bookiness the whole opening credit sequence is made like they're sort of jumping through and out of the panels of a comic book Mm -hmm. and the pixels in the panels get larger and like become different things often coins I just think Mm -hmm. it's a really cool look yeah I agree I liked that a lot did you watch any of the originals to prepare for this I have watched them fairly recently. Kevin, for whatever reason, bought all of them on his Xbox. So he would watch them with Jay, like when I was doing other things. So I would catch bits and pieces here and there. And surprise, surprise, it's not as good as I remember it. How about you? When's the last time you saw an episode of DuckTales, the original? Like when I was a kid. Yeah. For sure, when I was a kid. Um, (laughs) What did you think of the voice cast? I thought they were good. I did not... I think aside from Bobby Moynihan, I wasn't familiar with any of the voice actors, mm-hmm. but I liked them all. I thought they were good, especially the um, David Tennant and then whoever played Guam Gold. He was good, too. It's interesting how and we've talked about this habit of mine in the past, but it's interesting how having actors that I know play these different animated characters really helped with the differentiation between the three triplets because again I never could have told the difference between Huey, Dewey, and Louie before but because I know these actors from their prior work I can sort of recognize their voices and it helps me to be like oh yeah that's the brainy one oh yeah that's so and so 
And like I said, I really do like the woman who does Webby's voice, and I forgot her name, Kate Micucci, if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, she was on the show that I used to watch called Raising Hope. Did you ever see that show? Oh, <laughs> I watched an episode or two, yeah. Yeah, not a fan? <laughs> I just don't. I just didn't get into it. But she was very funny. So I was glad to at least hear her come up again. So what do you think about reboots? So the last five shows that we've watched and talked about, three have been reboots. I didn't so even... So DuckTales, yeah. Magic School Bus. And My Little Pony. And My Little Pony. I didn't even realize it as we were doing it. No, me neither. I mean... Is that just what we're attracted to? Because, like, we recognize those shows? I think so. Yeah, I think it has to have something to do with that. Yeah, when we're scrolling through what's available, those are the shows that jump out. Because, to be honest, it's either, oh, I want to watch that because it appeals to me probably because it's based on some property from my childhood, or Mm -hmm. that looks absolutely awful, we need to watch it. Like, those are the two... Yeah. that I operate between when choosing things to talk about for this podcast. But I definitely think we are, in some ways, absolutely the target audience for these reboots. Yeah. And um, I read an article, this was a long time ago, I think before I had kids, about how toy manufacturers were redoing toys from like the mid-80s, early 80s, in an attempt to market to parents, like current parents of little kids thinking that their nostalgia would drive sales and I'm totally susceptible to that absolutely I really I agree which I'm kind of jumping ahead here but I have to ask did you watch any of this with your kids I did okay did did they like it because I worry with these reboots that like we are then shoving it down our kids' throats, and they don't even really care for it. But we're like, yes, all the DuckTales merch, please, you know? <laughs> right. Um, my eight-year-old Tony liked it. He thought it was really funny. Uh-huh. Um, my twins liked it, although it was a little too scary for them. Yeah, it was definitely not not Jay approved. It was way too scary for him. But again, it's not marketed for his age group. Um, well, that makes yeah. me feel good that like Tony at least liked it. Um, so listeners, if you really hate the fact that we keep talking about reboots, because I'd like to say that we'd make a conscious effort to not do this in the future, but I don't see that happening. Uh, if you really hate the fact that we keep talking about reboots, let us know and we will <laughs> see what we can do to steer clear of them. Or if you want more reboots, tell us all about it. Um, could you think of any adult movie or TV show that this compared to? Not, I didn't even think about it. I mean, is there a show where three kids like go on adventures with their billionaire recluse uncle? (laughs) I mean, I thought just like kind of in the scary monster of the week sort of way, like (laughs) X-Files or something. (laughs) Oh, the only thing I've, um, I have not watched like any adult shows lately, <laughs> except I've watched like one and a half marvelous Mrs. Maisel's. Oh, are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's really good. I just haven't. I can watch like half an episode at a time. It Be- is good because you have too much to do, or because you get bored. Oh, because I I just 
have to go to bed. Okay. It's only, the first season is only eight episodes. And I swear to you, it took me like two days to finish episode eight because I only had, I only had like 15 minutes of like consciousness at a time that I could devote (laughs) to it. (laughs) But it was a great show. It was a lot of fun. Did you do any casting of the gritty HBO reboot? Well, I started with Launchpad. I thought Jason Siegel would be oh, a good yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. Shades of his uh, Freaks and Geeks character in uh, in Launchpad, I think. I think Meryl Streep would make a great granny. <laughs> you might as well aim high. Everyone's favorite granny. <laughs> so I thought Webby would be um, well played by Yara Shahidi. She's the girl from... Blackish is getting her own spinoff called Grownish. Oh. Sean Connery for Scrooge. <laughs> but is he, is he still alive? I think he might be, <laughs> if not dead, very close to dead. And, and like, he's not in the public sphere anymore. No, he's definitely not acting yeah. anymore. He's the only Scottish actor I could think of which is lame of me I apologize for that and then for the three triplet ducks like I did not make as much effort to differentiate the different characters as you did so if there's like a boy band or a boy trio I would be happy to see a show that was just the people that do the voices on the cartoon but Mm -hmm. like live action Mm mm-hmm Playing it straight, just like wearing no pants and like duck butts, <laughs> like Wilfred style. That I would definitely watch. <laughs> and interacting with other people who clearly think it's weird that they're just walking around with no pants. On. That's a great idea. That's hilarious. Sometimes I get it right. So based on your memory of the original, do you think it was better when we were kids? I mean, ketchup was considered a vegetable by the Reagan administration. (laughs) I don't know. It's a toss up. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for the wonder with which a child can approach an adventure story. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can really recapture that as an adult. I mean, look at all this fervor about the new Star Wars. You know, all the grown-ups are very, very excited about it. But, you know, you can never return to that first, like, feeling of joy and that natural suspension of disbelief that you have as a child. So I feel like adventure stories suffer a little bit once you grow out of that but structurally artistically yeah I think this is better (laughs) yeah so taking away like nostalgia and emotion this one is is definitely better yeah but in my head this doesn't compare to watching it as a kid I just don't think you can ever like anything in as unabashed way as you can when you're a kid and that's kind of sad Ooh. <laughs> Did I go too deep there? Sorry. <laughs> You're bumming me out, man. Okay. <laughs> so would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? <laughs> I really am curious about that Lena character. I thought she was the most intriguing character. So I might to yeah. find out where that goes. How I about agree. you? I, I would. I would put it right up there with uh, Lost in Oz on the can watch alone scale. Oh, yeah, that was a good show. 
oh my gosh no no no! i forgot to tell you something about my gritty hbo reboot so kevin and i went to see uh this movie called the killing of the sacred deer did i tell you this no well it had an awesome trailer so we went to see it because it had an awesome trailer and it turned out to be super arty and weird and not all that pleasant of a viewing experience and then i later found out that it was directed by the same guy who directed the lobster which oh i think you would describe in similar terms perhaps yeah yeah so i was thinking it might add an extra layer of absurdity if he also directed the gritty hbo reboot of ducktales where people walk around not wearing pants he'd be perfect yeah okay sorry to go back to that (laughs) and the trailer would make it look really appealing and then halfway into the real movie you'd be like what the hell did i sign up for yeah the trailer would make it look hilarious and then when you sat down to watch it you'd be like wait oh this is an artistic exploration of the inner workings of the human soul (laughs) (laughs) okay should we do 10 seconds on whether this is good for our kids good for older kids not so good for little kids i think yeah like under under four or five i wouldn't have them watch it too scary how would you rate it I'd give it a solid four. I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, I would even edge it up to a 4.5. I I had a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. That's also where you'll find out what we're covering in our next episode if you want to watch along with us. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions or general comments at myscreentime2. Or if you'd like, you can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Deborah and her adorable children. And our podcast is produced by me, Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. 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 Bye.